Welcome to the Synovial Marketing Masterclass, the podcast that delves into the world of marketing strategies and insights to help your business thrive. I'm your host, Hannah Lee, and in each episode, we'll explore innovative marketing techniques, industry trends, and expert advice from leading professionals. Get ready to elevate your marketing game with the Synovial Marketing Masterclass. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Synovial Marketing Masterclass. We are so excited to be here today with Jonathan Pritchard. Um, he is a he's amazing founder of Zavant in Enterprises and author of multiple books um, on psychology. He's a mentalist. He is a mind reader. He specializes in hypnosis, other awesome, awesome skills. So he now works with companies um, to help with like negotiations and sales. So I'm so excited to get to pick his brain today on all things, you know mental and mindset and all the things. So thank you so much for being here with us today. You are super welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So for those that don't know, I know I gave a little introduction, but kind of how did you get started? I think it's so cool. So how did you kind of get started in all of this? Well, the long story short is I grew up doing magic tricks and the magic tricks that read people's minds seem to freak people out the most. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So that was the area that I focused on. And eventually, after traveling the world using the tricks, I figured, you know, maybe there's more to this than just helping people forget their problems for an hour at the show. I've used the same techniques I'm using on stage on myself in order to mm-hmm. go from living in a trailer in the mountains of North Carolina to traveling the world. So what if I taught people these principles and techniques and, and that kind of thing? And it turns out, yeah, this is really valuable to companies and corporations. So that was how I got into the consulting side of things. That is so awesome. So it kind of started more on the performing side with like the magic, the magic side. I growing up, I was so into magic. I thought that was like the coolest thing. I always had like little magic kits and thought Mm -hmm. I was going to be like a magician. So I could definitely see how that would be intriguing. Um, And then you started performing and then you realized that it, it could be help in the business side of things, which I think is super valuable. A lot of our clients, they're struggling with the sales side of things, like a sales pitch or really, you know, trying to hone in on that. We talk so much about ideal client and knowing who your ideal client is and how to speak with them. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to, to talk about that. So with that, um, you help with you help larger corporations in that sales process type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the places where I spend the most time and my focus is on sales because, what is it? Sales is what you get. Negotiation is what you keep. And sales is the front line of the oxygen of a company. If you're not making sales, you're not in business. You've got a very expensive hobby. So I yeah. really like working with sales teams because to me, sales can be one of the most noble professions because ideally you're helping the right people find the solution to their problem. Mm. So how do companies who don't know how to sell what they do, how are they going to help the world? 
Well, they're not is the short answer. (laughs) And I find that a lot of it is belief based Mm -hmm. that sales is icky. I don't want to be icky. So therefore I'm not going to sell, which to me is a bigger moral issue of not helping people when you can. So their wiring is exactly backwards. I don't want to be icky. So I'm going to do something that's even worse, (laughs) not get good at, at sales. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of it. But even if you recognize, oh, I should get better at sales because I recognize that I'm a narcissist and I expect everybody to understand my business without me having to explain anything. Oh, okay. Well, now I recognize I should do a better job of selling. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And then the, how do you sell ethically piece of the puzzle is missing from most most salespeople. So it's kind of helping on two fronts that winds up helping the company as a whole, all the employees of the company, their families, every client of that company is better off because they're working with a better company. So every client and their families and all of their clients are better off. So weirdly, helping the sales team is one of those points that every other part of the business and every other person connected to the business all pivots off of how good did you do the sales part of it? So that's why I like helping sales teams so much. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely feel like that the sales, I mean, your sales team and a lot of like your closers and things like that are the first people that if you aren't getting that right, you're not, I mean, you're not going to be profitable. And that's, you know, it's scary that you have in these larger corporations, you have these sales members and closers and people that are talking to your clients. And if they're not on their game and the best, you know, you're really, you're probably going to go under, you know, so that's really, I feel like really important. And like you said, I love that you said it really flows down from the sales team to every part of the business. It's not just, you know, it really affects the whole business, the business as a whole and their families and their family, you know, it's a whole cycle. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's great. And how, so I'm interested to know you go into, cause you work with a a wide variety, you've worked with a wide variety of companies. When you're going into a company, how do you kind of start with them? Or, you know, what is your kind of starting process with that? It's weird. It's all over the place because I have one skill, which is I know how to be comfortable in front of an audience and share what's in my head with a thousand people in the room at the same time. That's it. And then I've farmed that out to companies. So there are a lot of ways that I start working with a company or a client. And then it turns into all the stuff that I do. Because, for example, if I got hired as just an entertainer and I'm there for their annual awards banquet and gala, and then I'm the entertainer. But then they go, man, you did a better job of emceeing than our MC. Would you emcee our conference that we're holding? You got it. So then I emcee that conference. And then they're going, oh, could you be next year's keynote speaker about your mindset stuff? Like, you got it. And then when I'm doing that, the sales director's in the room going, man, everything that you were talking about, my sales team could really use all of that. 
So they bring me in to do a two-day workshop or as an ongoing kind of consulting role, reviewing calls and doing kind of mock calls and that kind of a thing. Mm. Or they're going, you know what? Could you do what you do at our next trade show? And I built out a whole company around that where I talk to their sales teams about, okay, here's who they need to be talking to. Then I talk to their marketing department on how to create an experience that makes those perfect people desperate to work with them. So mm. I'm the guy in the booth that draws attention, markets to 10 to 20 people at a time when their in-booth sales team can talk to one person at a time. So you could do one, 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 or you could bring me in to do one to 20 every 30 minutes. So that's mm. how they get 20 times more leads with just me than their entire sales team. Yeah. So there, there's just all sorts of ways that working with my clients starts that mm. all result in, oh, could you help us re-architect our entire sales process? Could you train our sales team? Could you make them better presenters? Like, yeah, you got it. Or talking to tech founders, like, oh, I'm going to go pitch these investors, but I don't know how to... Uh, we're very good at what we do. We've got some really good technological innovations. I'm like, all right, let me stop you right there. So we yeah. work on the the public speaking side of selling yourself, selling your company and helping people. That is really, that's really cool. It kind of, you know, there's lots of different avenues, but I feel like it all kind of goes back to the same thing. A lot of what I'm I'm hearing is it is the mindset and the motivation. And I know in my, you know, in my public speaking, whenever, whether it's sales or whether it's talking on a stage, it does go into your confidence and your mindset and all of that. So how do you help um, those sales team members with that, with their confidence and motivation and mindset and that kind of piece? One of the big, I, I would say address the elephant in the room first, which is the belief that that confidence is founded on lying to people. Mm. Tell yeah. them how great it is. Tell them how awesome it is. But what we're selling isn't awesome. Ah, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> that worry. kind, that kind of cartoon understanding of what sales is mm -hmm. destroys businesses. So I talk to tech founders all the time about how to pitch their company, and then it always in the question and answer thing that belief comes up and they don't even know it because they're saying well what if i don't want to lie to my people and and they're like well there there it is you think that you have to lie to get something across so either you don't believe in your product mm. or you expect them to understand you and both of those uh should be wrong so let let's work on that so mm. a lot of it is is that kind of a thing of you can be confident in your work if you're doing good work. So are you doing good work? Are you actually helping people? Then you have a moral obligation to communicate that confidence to your clients because imagine you walk on a plane and the pilot goes, hi, everybody. Uh, we're going to be... I think we're flying at 30,000. No, we're flying at 50,000 feet and we're going to, oh, let me check my notes here. I have it written down here somewhere. Oh yeah, we're flying to San Francisco today. Would you stay on that plane? 
No. Like, they could be the world's best pilot, but they're mm. not good at communicating that they're the best pilot because they're not sure of what they're saying to me, the passenger. So, yeah. like any smart passenger, I nope right off that plane. And you made that happen because you're not a good communicator. You didn't communicate with authority your ability to help people. So that's mm. why it it's it always boils down to I don't want to do the work of being a good communicator. I just want people to know that I'm amazing. Like, well, buddy, nobody <laughs> nobody's a mind reader, right? I've been a professional mind reader for 20 years. I've mm. traveled the world and I'm an authority on the subject. And I'm telling you, nobody's a mind reader. They they can't read your mind. They don't know your previous experience. They don't stay up at night reading every last thing that you wrote to discover how incredible you are. All they need to know is, are you the right person? Okay, help me understand that you're the right person. Teach me. Yes. Yeah, that is that is so key. And we, you know, I feel like we've said that so much. It's the reframing of like with your ideal client, again, they don't have the time to sit there and read your whole resume and try to figure all of this out. They just want you to tell them and communicate with them what their problem is, because sometimes they don't even know what the problem is and then how you fix it. And then they'll hire you. Like it's, you know, we're not here to give this long, long, um, you know, text on how you're going to do it. It's just the problem and the solution. And being confident in that too, I think is such a major piece, the confidence in making sure that as, as the sales team, you've researched your product and you know that it's a good product, you know how it works, you know what's happening so that you can go and talk about that as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. So on the on the mind reader side of things, so I'm again interested to know, are you like how did that is that a real thing? Can you actually read minds? Is it like a body language cue type of thing? I've always been interested. The holidays are here, and as many of you know, we partner with Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an email marketing platform where you can create stunning emails, perfect for the holidays, as well as you can create your own landing pages, checkouts, all of the things. It is, we always say it's way more than just an email marketing platform. We use it for ourselves at Synovial Marketing as an agency, as well as for our clients. So we want to share with you our discount code for Flowdesk. You get 50% off of your your first year with Flowdesk, um, which is an amazing, amazing offer and price. So be sure to check the show notes down below to get that code and start creating email campaigns that will convert and bring you profits this new year for your business. Interested in that? Yeah, good, good question. Natural question. Totally understandable question, which is, all right, are you, are you really the demons? Uh, are you, can you really, are you really psychic? That kind of a thing. In all my experience, I haven't seen a demonstration that would lead me to believe that the psychic version of mind reading is a thing that's real. Mm. Like, I, I would love, I would love it if it were real and I could, I could see it in a way that doesn't allow for any kind of trickery, right? Mm. So, so there's that part of it. And the body reading portion of the puzzle is a very believable and acceptable lie that's just as big as I'm psychic and I'm talking to spirits and demons. 
Mm. Right. Because looking up into the left doesn't tell me that your pet's name was Fluffy when you were four years old. Right. Yeah. Like there, there's got to be more to it than that. So there there is body language reading to the extent that I can know you long enough to know what your baseline behavior is, then be able to recognize deviations from that baseline across similar experiences. Mm. So that okay. takes time. That that takes a little more time than we just met and I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you all this stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are elements at play. I like to call it like magicians do tricks with things, boxes, playing cards, that kind of thing. A mentalist is doing tricks with information. Mm. And the way that it all kind of works is that our brains run on about the same amount of electricity that your the light in your fridge runs on. That's all the power we've got going for us. So there, it's doing a lot considered considering like how little oomph it's got to, to pull from. So it's got to mm -hmm. cut a lot of corners. And our brains, our minds are reality prediction devices. We're constantly trying to predict what's going to happen in the next couple microseconds. And we're doing that based off of our lifetime of previous experience in similar situations. And all these assumptions are being met as correct. Oh, the concrete will hold me. The desk isn't just floating away. The light is right. So all these millions of data points every single second, we can't be aware of it. So our prediction models are constantly in process and for the most part, our predictions are correct. And the things that aren't correct draw our attention of, okay, why did I get that wrong? So you can feel that like when you're walking upstairs and you think there's an extra stair, but there isn't, and your foot mm. just goes through midair and you're like, oh God, it's very disorienting when our predictive models don't line up with reality. Mm -hmm. So magicians, mentalists, we understand what that process is and how to create the wrong assumptions about what's going on so that later we can show somebody what reality is when they think they're way over here and that distance from where they are to what reality is, that is the amount to which they can be amazed. And in the context of a show that's a beautiful experience and it's wonderful and they feel well taken care of in the context of a sales conversation. Mm -hmm. If the salesperson thinks we're here and the client thinks we're over there and reality is a third place. Now that's how you sign on horror clients and the perfect <laughs> client gets signed on and you drop the ball because delivery, you didn't set them up for success. You didn't fill them in on as much as you should have. So it's all about people thinking they know where they are versus where reality is. And that gap is where your company can die if you don't understand how your client could misunderstand. If you don't understand how you could misunderstand, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to account for those discrepancies and then they're going to rear their ugly head when you're still in that clawback window. And, oh, I signed the perfect client. I got my commission. And then a week later, they 
they break contract because this isn't what I signed up for. And there goes your bonus. Okay. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So it's really knowing and probably what you're doing is really teaching them to like settle almost ways to check in with like in the sales process, check in with the client to gauge, I guess, where they're at um, in that process so that you're not just assuming that they're somewhere else and then you're not on the same page at all. So it really, it really goes back to that communication piece, which I think is so. Right. Yeah. Ask, ask it, ask your salesperson, Hey, how do you feel about this deal? And they're going, Oh bro, it's going to close. I feel great about this one. Okay. Why? Oh, I just got a good feeling. Well, do you know who the champion of the deal is? No. Well, who's the main stakeholder? I don't know. Who else could veto the deal? I have no clue. Oh, do you still feel great, bro, about this deal closing maybe? No? Okay, let's let's go back. So there are things to know about your deal if mm-hmm. you're going to close it and it be a good opportunity to, to help your, your clients. And the trick is to understand the mind of your lead better than they understand themselves. Mm. And there is a trick to doing that. And there it's a secret. Nobody (laughs) knows it. Almost nobody does it because they don't know about it. And here it is, which is ask them what they're thinking. And then listen to their answer. (laughs) And be trusted with their truth. Mm. Because most salespeople will ask the questions, but they don't have the framework of authority and and demonstrating expertise in the way that builds that trust so that the client will give them an honest answer. Mm. Because any salesperson can go, so what's your budget for this? What have you set aside? which is, all right, how big's my commission? Should I care about this? And are you big enough for me to actually spend time on or am I going to hand you off to somebody else? Mm -hmm. Like that's what the the lead's hearing when you ask, what's your budget? So you get into this weird cagey, well, like you tell me what I should spend and then what are you going to charge me? And then now it's like a a six gun shootout, like standoff in Wild West. You're like, all right, who's going to say a number first? So that's what happens when you don't have that trust layer so so that when you ask them the question they give you an honest answer mm-hmm. so how do you build that well that's the difficult part that's the trick yeah yeah and it's i that triggers in my head or what i'm immediately thinking is the um like a car salesman i always go to car salesman and I, in my car buying experience, you always have, which it usually works. I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but you have that car salesman that's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that you get the right car, that you, that this is the right deal for you, you know, but it's the way that they word things that you're usually going to buy from that car salesman rather than the car salesman. That's like, again, trying to get the biggest commission or, you know, just spitting out all these facts and they're more relatable and more approachable is usually which goes into the trust factor. It's building the trust, making you seem approachable and nice and not salesy and icky, you know, like you're just a normal person. Like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this deal. I think this is something that could be mutually beneficial. Like, I think this is great, you know, that type of thing. So that makes a lot of sense. That's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear. It's kind of like most people's idea of what a business owner is 
is that business tycoon from the 1800s with the the mustache and cigars and be like, yeah, see, screw the workers, man. When the reality is a vast majority are small business owners, Hmm. people with families just trying to pay for their kids' piano lessons. 100%. In sales, everybody... This used car salesman is the default go-to example of what sales is. In their head, sales Mm. is used car salesman, which is just as wrong as the fat cat tycoon is to most business owners, which is another example of why people's idea of what they're working with gets in the way of them being able to actually meet reality to find effective solutions to their real problems. So it's always the ideas that wreck success more than your reality ever would. Yeah, a hundred percent. And kind of on that, I wanted to kind of say, because one thing that we work with a lot is changing the mindset of like need versus want. And do you have anything, any, any comments on that? I know a lot of our, we work with like small to medium sized businesses. Usually we're talking about like product based businesses and they're struggling with displaying the value of their product and kind of overcoming that need versus want. Yeah. You know, the objections of, I want that, but I don't really need that. So I'm not going to purchase it type of thing. Yeah, that's that really is the the heart of the matter because you need oxygen in in about the next three minutes. You need water mm-hmm. in about the next three days. Yeah. And you need food in about the next three weeks. Besides that, what else do you need? Yeah, uh, who cares? So <laughs> that's yeah. that's really it. Um, so a lot of times it's well. Did you pick something that people pay money for mm. as part of your business? If not, then you've got a lot more work cut out for you, right? Which is that mm. kind of manufacturing demand and and that kind of thing, which leads into a whole rabbit hole too, because a lot of folks go, all right, uh, influence me to to buy this thing as, a, mm. as an example. I'm like, well, eh. imagine you're, you're on an airplane and you're going to try to influence me to order cranberry juice. Not going to happen. Never, never going to happen. Or you invest millions of dollars over years to create a campaign of why cranberry juice is healthy and smart business owners drink cranberry juice. And then over the years, you've created that belief that cranberry juice, I'm a person that loves cranberry juice. Now when I'm on the plane, I'm going to order cranberry juice. So it's always at a magnitude or a time scale that's way different than what Mm -hmm. people think it happens, which is right here. So oftentimes it's either pick a business that people already pay for. And Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you, you've got to see it too. How many people say, well, my market's crowded. I want to do something that's never been seen before. And you're like, oh, so you want to make sure you start a business that's going to fail. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? 
Yeah, why? We I give the example of we talk all the time about um, chicken restaurants. So you have like Popeyes, you have Chick-fil-A, you have all of the it's a saturated market. Okay, it's a saturated market. But that doesn't mean that Chick-fil-A is going to fail. The reason that Chick-fil-A or Popeyes or whoever is in Church's Chicken isn't failing is because of their brand and their marketing strategy, their ideal client. They're really niche down to a certain, you know, ideal client. So that's you know, that, that definitely plays yeah. into that. I think I'm, the time I want to start, I want to start a Martian space lizard restaurant. Everything that we cook is Martian lizards. So first I need to figure out how to get to Mars and then we're going to hunt those lizards and then we're going to get them, bring them back to earth and then we'll sell them for a million dollars a piece. It'll be great. I'm like, okay. And enjoy your fantasy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen one of those yet? Because I haven't. So that's there's probably a reason why, you know, it's like, oh, I want to do something that's never been done before. You're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Where where's the framework for that? Where where are we like, what is your thought process? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the I love that you touched on the timing, too, because that is one of the things that we one of the kickbacks that we deal from deal with, you know, with clients is that like overnight like success. It's like, it's a time, you know, it's a time thing. You have to, it's a long game rather than like overnight, you know, type of thing. So yeah. One, one way I like to address that is every once in a while, you'll be able to work with a problem that you can solve immediately. And people go, Holy cow, that's amazing. That's a high impact, very quick solution. That means it's extraordinarily valuable to companies. So if you specialize mm-hmm. in something like that, then amazing, fantastic, go for it. On the other hand, if you want sustainable results and improvements, those are usually things that take a lot more time, like getting a six pack. You, no matter if you do everything exactly correct for three days in a row, eh, you're not going to have a six pack. So <laughs> it's helping your client reset their expectations And one way I like to do that is, well, how long have you been trying to solve this in the first place? So, oh, you've had this longer than six months. You've been trying this on your own for three years. Well, how long have you been in business? Oh, 10 years. Okay, so you've had 10 years worth of experience entrenching this problem into the bedrock of your business. Mm. So you're expecting me to solve your 10 years of causing this issue in one hour. Now I'm saying this as a mind reader, that would make me a miracle worker. So (laughs) that would be, that'd be something else. So when you put it in those terms, people tend to at least say they understand but then their belief will still be there. And then that comes creeping up when they're like, oh, where's my results in two weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, remember, two weeks against 10 years. I'm like, oh, right. So you always have that anchor point to reach back to of, remember, Steve, we talked about this. You're mm-hmm. really good at screwing this up. So we're rewiring <laughs> your brain and all your systems and everything. And it feels weird, like trying to ride a unicycle because you've been riding a tricycle and we just took off two of your wheels. But I promise you, you'll get used to riding this unicycle and eventually it'll be the thing that you do the most naturally. But until that point, we we burned your tricycle. There's no going back. Yeah. Yeah, this is where we're at now. Yeah. 
And I love, I, I love the whole like reframing the mindset and making sure that your client, like checking in with your client as to what they're thinking, like what they're expecting and their results and their time frame and all of that to make sure that you're on the same page and that mm-hmm. you don't, like you said, I love the fact of getting into a deal and nobody's on the same page. They expected results in two days. You didn't have that conversation with them. And then they turn it around that maybe your company or your business underperformed or wasn't great. And now they're going to go out into the world and say, this person underperformed and didn't do this. And just because of communication, it wasn't right. communicated effectively. Right. And, and another yeah. way of doing that is to, I call it Socratic stupidity where you know everything, you know they're being unreasonable, but now you just need to ask stupid questions until they get it. And a lot of times you just run the numbers, right? So this is part of the sales conversation, so important to do and to know your business inside and out is to be that stupid detective. Okay, lead, you've just told me that you haven't broken $10,000 in revenue a month ever. And you're coming to me saying you want it to go to a million dollars in revenue per month. And the budget you set aside to make this happen is $500. Okay, got it. So walk me through how, how does this work? And then you just go through, all right, what's your current ads budget? Mm. How's that? What's that getting for you? How many leads is that going for? Okay. So we would need to get 10,000 times that in order for the clicks to come through in the ads to your website that's converting at 0.01%, which is abysmal, a hundredth of a 1%. So we got to fix that too, right? So you can just walk through the whole equation and then go, so your total budget to get you what you want is $4 billion in advertising a month. So yeah, let's go. Let's Sign yeah. me up, baby. Let, let's do this. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah. oh, I didn't know it was like that. And I'm like, I know. I know you didn't know yeah, it because you were saying crazy like stuff that. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because again, you know, that's another thought process is sometimes as business owners and we're in this space and so it seems like such common knowledge to us and then we forget a lot of times who we're talking to and it's like they don't do this every day so it's like you don't know what you don't know and then you get into things and sometimes breaking it down like that is so beneficial because they're like oh like i had no idea ads was this much or i had no idea this was going on yeah, I think that's super, super valuable too to remember that sometimes you just have to break it down and it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say um, to kind of wrap up, if there was one um, one tip that you could give to business owners in the sales realm or one like nugget of advice, what would that kind of be? One last, you know... Yeah, you got it. Uh, This is 100% literal. I don't mean this in a figurative way in any way. This is my legit honest answer, which is Mm. learn how to perform a simple magic trick Mm. so that it impresses your friends. Hmm. Because when you first try it, it's not going to work at all. And then you'll get a little better at it. And then it will be a puzzle where your friends go, okay, tell me how that works. What, how, to, how did you do that? When you get really good at it, they'll just go, there's no way that should happen. 
that's when you know that you've practiced your communication skills well enough that you know how to do and say the exact right thing at the right time in the right way, mm. which is exactly what you need in order to make the sale. So I don't, I don't mean that in a playful way. I'm, I'm saying literally learn a magic trick so well that it becomes your party stunt that makes you famous amongst all your friends groups. Then you'll understand, oh, okay, this is everything that goes into my business as well. That is so, so great because I feel like that does it. It encompasses the communication aspect, the teaching aspect, you know, everything the in understanding one the mind of your audience and what they're going yeah. to think and what they think mm. you're doing versus what you're actually doing versus what you want them to think it's it's all the same thing yeah that is great well where can everybody um find more about you i know you have your book and you have um courses all the thing where can they find you connect with you easiest place is my hub which is i can read it's about as easy as I could possibly get it. Go to iCanReadMinds.com. From there, you can find my social media, the books, the courses, the different companies that I founded up and running. So yeah, that's that's the place where you should go. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time and speaking with us today. I'm so excited for our audience to hear this episode and get all of the knowledge and connect with you. Just thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you again for inviting me on. It really is a privilege and an honor to be invited to share my thoughts. So thank you again. Thanks. Okay, guys, that wraps up today's episode of the Synovial Marketing Masterclass. Thanks so much for tuning in and remember to stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing another important topic to help your business thrive. Also, be sure to follow us on all social platforms at Synovial Marketing and head over to our website, synovialmarketing.com for all your marketing needs. Talk to y'all soon.